to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. America, how's it going? Hurley couldn't make it today, so once again, I'm going to have to shoot the majority of the shots. This is your uh, your host for today, Kelvin Harris, normally your co-host. Hurley is uh, out making Merritt Island great again. Hopefully, they're going to have a championship season. He's putting in a lot of time. Um, I'm proud of Hurley. I never thought I would see him as a head coach. That being said, it was a full sports week. We had soccer, tennis, um, some summer league. We got the British Open coming up. The uh, home run derby was last night. And um, Bryce Harper set the tone for himself to make a lot of money in the offseason with his performance last night. And then also yesterday, Le'Veon Bell. Is not going to sign a long-term contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I watched the interview earlier today with his agent, Adisa Bakari, on NFL Live. That's where I want to start. Um, apparently, they're not going to be able to um, come to an agreement on the long-term deal this year. And the way it works is they missed the deadline, so he'll be franchised. So don't expect to see Le'Veon Bell in preseason or in training camp. Because if I were him, I wouldn't show up until the the, the, the first game of the regular season. Because he can't afford to get hurt. Because he has put all of his chips in the middle of the table. And anything less than a stellar year means he doesn't come away with the transcending record-breaking contract that he expects to get. Steelers were offering $14 million. He wanted at least $14.5. He's a man of principle, and he stood on that principle. So now he's going to go into uh, free agency. I expect him to have um, a good season. He knows the offense. He works hard and gets himself in shape. So I don't think they'll have any problem. With him, um, you know, coming to, coming to, into the regular season out of shape. The question is timing. The question is timing. Um, you know, he and Ben and Antonio Brown have been working together so long that I uh, I don't think they need that much advance notice. So. I expect him to uh, show up first week, uh, the day after Labor Day, ready to go. And um, I picked the Steelers to win the whole thing this year. I think they've uh, they've made some advances on the defense. I think he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. I think James Conner plays a bigger role in the offense this year and helps out, keeps some of the stress off of uh, Le'Veon Bell. And the receiving core is going to um, explode this year. Uh, I expect uh, Juju Schuster to um, take another step. 
and uh, Antonio Brown will be Antonio Brown. Ben Roethlisberger will be Ben Roethlisberger. I think the biggest key is that the defense will take a step forward. The young secondary is a year older, and uh, I got a sense that, barring injury, they've got a shot to win the whole thing. And the key to that is Le'Veon Bell. After the season is over, though, we don't know where they're going. Um, because, you know, according to his agent, he feels like this is the last year that the um, that Bell will be with the Steelers because of the way the CBA has played out. Because if they franchise him again next year, you're talking about he has to get the top five. Uh, he has to get the, the salary equal to the top five quarterbacks in the league. And that's going to be in the 20s. 20 million and some change. 25, 28 million, I think. I just don't see uh, the Steelers doing that. So they'll let him walk. They'll let him test the market. And it will be interesting to see if he is a Steeler in 2019. The next, uh, I guess the next big topic, you know, going in chronological order or uh, by day is the home run derby. And Bryce Harper put on a great performance last night. Um, I think it was fitting that a guy from the Washington Nationals won it in the Nationals Park. Um, and seeing how he draped everything in red, white, and blue, especially after the events earlier in the day, it was uh, somewhat of a mood lifter. And um, I know Bryce hasn't been having the greatest season at the plate as far as his batting average, but I think this is um, this could be an igniter for him. I mean, he's always going to have power, but he needs to get that batting average close to 300. I don't know if he'll ever be a 320, 330 hitter, but I mean, he can provide you a lot of power and excitement. I. I I don't necessarily want to see him leave Washington because, you know, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. And, I mean, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm a Yankees and a Dodgers fan. But they got Giancarlo Stanton and they got Aaron Judge. I mean, if they get Bryce Harper, that's just, no. Just now you're becoming like basketball. Now, I'll admit that, you know, it's a privilege to play for the Yankees, but, They've already got two people out there, and um, I just don't think that, um, you know, it's good for baseball to stack all those people. It's already tough that only certain teams are going to be in the hunt for a championship. I hope that the, uh, the Nationals and Harper can come to some type of agreement that keeps them, that keeps them in D.C. for a long period of time. Because I think he's good for the game. I also think he's good for that D.C. area. And I just think he fits that team. Um, you know, I guess you'd say he's the face of the franchise. I mean, you know, the pitching staff has, you know, two or three guys who are, you know, performing at a high level, but they're older. You know, we're talking about a kid that's, you know, maybe, maybe 24, 25. He could be the face of this franchise for another 10 years. So, if you're the Washington Nationals, I think he's proved that he needs to um, get the long-term deal. Um, 
The second half of the season is going to be interesting in baseball. I mean, the American League is it's a lot of intrigue. I, I, I honestly think the champion will come from the American League. It's either going to be the Red Sox, the Yankees, or the uh, Astros, in my opinion. Um, the Astros pitching staff is is really performing at a high level. The Red Sox and the Yankees are loaded with talent, and they're both playing really well. It's going to be an interesting finish. If I had, well, my heart, my heart goes with the Yankees. Right now, though, Boston and Houston both have the capability of being there at the end. I mean, Houston just did it last year, so they um, they know what it takes. I mean, the National League is just it's up in turmoil. I want to see my Dodgers make a run in that second half. Uh, Kershaw has got to lead the staff, and then the hitting has got to pick up. But I just think the National League is basically playing for second this year because Boston, Houston, and the Yankees, in my opinion, are heading shoulders above everybody else. Now, the thing about it is the Yankees have to do it in the, pre, in the postseason. And until somebody beats them, Houston is the best team in baseball. So that's going to be interesting. But it was a nice atmosphere last night. Um, like I said, it was fitting that Bryce Harper won. Schwarber is a, is a big guy. Hits a lot of homers. So I wouldn't have been surprised. I actually kind of am surprised that he didn't win. Because I thought that he probably should have been the favorite. Um, the All-Star game is tonight. I mean, um, honestly, you know, no real particular favorite. Whoever wins, wins. I mean, you know, the baseball All-Star game has been competitive over the years, the last few years, especially because of what was at stake home field advantage and all. And I think that's the one unique uh, distinction from the Major League Baseball All-Star Game as compared to the NBA All-Star Game and the Pro Football Pro Bowl. There's something on the line. I mean, the NHL came with a, a different format and tried to, you know, change it up and spice it up. But from a rating standpoint, the Pro Bowl still gets incredible ratings, even though that game is so watered down. I mean, it is so watered down. It's hard to watch. And the NBA All-Star game is basically a unmotivated pickup game. I think Major League Baseball All-Star game is probably the most competitive of the you know, the all-star, all-star games. And, um, you know, especially the last few years with something at stake. Uh, this year ought to be interesting. Um, I don't, I don't really have a dog in a fight as to who will be the MVP. Um, you know, these type of games, it really doesn't take much to win MVP. Um, you know, key hit late in the game. It might be your only hit, but it might be the 
hit that that um wins the game and you know maybe you're only at bat but that was probably the most meaningful at bat of the uh, entire series or excuse me the entire game so um, I'm just gonna watch and enjoy and you know hopefully I'll see some some great plays tonight it was a big weekend for non non power four sports you know not you know sports that weren't football basketball baseball or hockey here in America um, Wimbledon we saw an epic semifinal in the men's division with Kevin Anderson knocking off Roger Federer and Djokovic Novak Djokovic outlasting Rafael Fadal Nadal excuse me um, everybody thought it was going to be Nadal and uh, Roger Federer in the finals well Kevin Anderson and Djokovic had something to say about that Kevin Anderson played the match of his life and held off Federer in an epic last set tiebreaker. Um, Anderson is a six foot ten and has a monster serve that has been clocked as high as 147 miles an hour. It just okay doesn't have great footwork, but he played motivated. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk even more about Wimbledon because uh, those semifinals were great. So sit back, relax. We'll be right back. Pacing Bills on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thunder chickens beware, we're coming for ya. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, it's all about the Spring Gobbler Smackdown, and our panel of pros are out for beards. Joining us is David Blanton of Bill Jordan's Realtree Outdoors and Monster Bucks, outdoor writer M.D. Johnson, and Pete Muller from the National Wild Turkey Federation. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 
888-346-9144 or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. America, the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Uh, Hurley's not here today, so I'm solo hosting. I'm Kelvin Harris. Hurley and I were teammates at the University of Miami, actually roommates for a semester. It's been a, it's a pleasure to do this show with him, and uh, I don't mind holding it down um, when he has to uh, do some extra stuff with the uh, Merritt Island Mustangs. Before the break, we were talking about Wimbledon, and if you didn't see those two men's semifinals, you cheated yourself. The Anderson uh, Federer semifinal was classic. Everybody thought, oh, that was a great one. So then Nadal and Djokovic get going, and they play a, a knockdown drag out second semifinal that gets post that gets uh, stopped delayed because of darkness so it got pushed to Saturday uh, morning before the Wimbledon final for the women's and they put on a show I mean that was one of the best matches I've seen at Wimbledon and Djokovic outlasted Nadal. I was surprised because it looked like Nadal had him on the ropes a couple of times. But Djokovic um, prevailed. And so um, in the finals against Anderson, Anderson was never really in it. Djokovic was the better player. He was able to handle the serve. um, And he won in four sets. To capture his fourth Wimbledon title and his 14th title altogether. He is uh, fourth on the career list of uh, majors behind Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and the great Pete Sampras. So three of the top four title winners, majors title winners, are in this era. Um, for men, I think it's a great period of tennis. Same thing with women. Talking about the women's final, um, Venus, excuse me, Serena Williams was came in ranked 25th, and she pretty much steamrolled through everybody. She only lost one set getting to the finals. Angelique Kerber came in ranked 11th, and um, she wasn't talked about as a possible winner when the, when, the, when, the, when the tournament began. First week, she was kind of trying to find a way. She was winning, but, you know, it wasn't all there. Second week, she started putting it together. She played a really good match against Ostapenko in the semifinals. And um, I remember when the, before the match started, I was thinking to myself, this could be tricky for Serena because this girl gives her trouble. And uh, when you look at the two of them standing side by side during pre-match, you saw how much bigger Serena was over this girl. This girl is a very athletic, 
very speedy, laterally talented girl who basically ran down every shot. And Serena basically beat herself. She had so many unforced errors. And she started the game by be the match by being broken, which is rare because her serve is probably the deadliest serve in the history of women's tennis. And on this particular day, she was neutralized by Kerber's lateral quickness and ability to run the ball down and make shots. For Serena to make an extra shot. And a lot of times, that was the difference. Uh, either it was going long or she just committed unforced errors. And um, there was a straight set loss. Even in defeat, though, Serena was an inspiration for a lot of women. I mean, you're talking about a young lady who just had a baby not too long ago um, and went through a lot of complications, extra surgeries and whatnot, uh, a plot in her, her, her leg, uh, embolism, so much. So much that went, you know, she talked about how many surgeries she had post-pregnancy. But when you see that little girl, that little girl is so cute. Um, I can imagine looking into that little girl's eyes, it just makes it all worth it for her. Now, this is only like her fourth or fifth tournament back. So... You can see that the rust is shaking off. And how about that player box? Uh, Anna Wintour, Tiger Woods. You got Meghan Markle, who's your friend in the uh, Royal Box. I mean, that's when you know you're doing it. When you got that type of uh, cachet in your your player box. Um, Kerber, though, is one title away from the career Grand Slam. She has won the Australian the French and now the Wimbledon, and the only thing left is the U.S. Open. Or actually, I take that back, is the French Open. She's won the U.S. Open. She's won the Australian Open. She has not won the French Open. So if she can find a way to uh, win a French Open with her style of play, it's very, very possible. She will uh, add the career Grand Slam to her career resume. It was a great, great fortnight of uh, tennis in Wimbledon. Uh, moving on in the sports week, Sunday was the World Cup Finals. An unexpected final. No one, I don't think anyone had France and Croatia playing for the championship. Um, France beat a Belgium team that had been hot, hadn't lost in two years. Uh, they got a one, they won the game 1-0 on an MTD goal. This guy only scored his third international goal. And first in, uh, it was his first goal in serious play. The other two goals came in friendly. He did a great job of positioning himself and getting a header. And their defense just held up against Belgium, which had been hot, had been handling everyone. Uh, Belgium's goalkeeper, Courtois, had been playing great. 
um, he really did play great other than that goal. But France was just too too strong for Belgium. And the other one, Croatia, had a better team than Russia. Russia had played good. Probably their best performance ever in the World Cup. And it was a great story if you were a, a fan of the Russian team. Um, Croatia just was a stronger team. In the finals, it was a shootout, 4-2. to two. But Croatia had no answer for France's offense. Uh, the young Mbappe, Kylian Mbappe, remember that name. He is a new, he's the next superstar. With Cristiano Ronaldo going to, uh, to uh, Juventus, Real Madrid has an opening and... I can expect, I would expect them to make an offer to Mbappe. It's going to be a lot less expensive than what they were paying Ronaldo. But you're talking about a 19-year-old. So if you get him now, you're talking about 2030 probably until he leaves that, 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 he leaves that club and he becomes the face of Real Madrid. Um... They just, they're young, they're athletic, they're strong, and they play well together. I expect France to um, do well in Qatar and to break the curse of the champions because uh, for the last five years, the World Cup champion has got has not made it to the knockout. So I think that uh, 2022 will be a change. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more sports and what's been going on over the last week. Pay some bills. We'll be right back on the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5pm Eastern Time and 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. America, America, how's it going? Okay. It was a big sports weekend. Big sports week, actually. Um... One of the things that that was going on, um, it's been going on for about a week now, the NBA Summer League, and this is the first time, NBA Summer League in Vegas. This is the big, Vegas is the big place. You know, Sacramento, Utah both had um, many Summer League, uh, I mean, they had Summer Leagues, but it was only, you know, maybe six, eight teams. All 30 teams are in Vegas. And let me tell you something. Um, it's the first time it's happened. It's a lot of excitement. So how Summer League works is you play three games, and then you go into the playoffs. All right, so they play the three games, and then all the teams are seated one through 30. So first two teams, first two seeds got a bye. And then that leaves you uh, 3 through 30 to play, and they will it down. The uh, the most interesting thing I thought is that the draft picks, the early draft picks, have all looked well, have all looked good. This could be an interesting class of rookies. Marvin Bagley showed flashes. Um... DeAndre Ayton showed you why he's the number one pick. The guy that, out of all of them, fooled me was Jaron Jackson Jr. He showed incredible touch from three-point range. Um, I'm a Lakers fan. So a guy that I was looking at was Mo Wagner. And I think he's going to provide something for us at the five. I mean, he's a stretch five. He can play he can play underneath the basket and grab rebounds, but he also can shoot the three, and he runs the floor a lot better than people think. So I expect him to contribute um, to our possible championship team. The UM guy, Lonnie Walker, looks good for San Antonio. None of the high draft picks looks like a dud. Um... It's been competitive. I'll tell you, one of the guys that's really caught my eye, once again, I'm a Lakers fan, Josh Hart has stepped his game up. I expect to see some big things out of him. 
all in all, um, I'm excited to see this class of rookies play because they all look very good. Marvin Bagley had some plays early on. You know, not just not just in uh, Vegas, but in Sacramento. I mean, he looks like he's going to be a scorer. He's going to be a professional scorer. Um, he's competitive. Now, also, his teammate uh, from Kentucky, Wendell Carter Jr., excuse me, Duke, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, he shows a complete game. And I think he got lost in the shuffle last year because of Bagley's uh, performance. You know, before Bagley reclassified, Wendell Carter was going to be the showcase for that Duke team. And then he was able to readjust his mindset and play within the offense and be very productive. Another guy from Duke who has got a mixed bag of fans and haters, Grayson Allen, he has looked professional in the summer leagues. I mean, he looks like an NBA player. Um, he fits the team he's on. He's with Utah, and that's he fits that team. I mean, he's got a guy who's a dookie, is his head coach, who understands him, who probably, you know, Quinn Snyder's in my generation. He wasn't as athletic or talented as as Grayson was, but he was a good player and he was a hard-nosed player. So I think he gets who Grayson Allen is. But he looks like he could be a contributor for um, for this team. Now another guy who was a who was a, 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 a who was a, a friend of the show, DeAnthony Melton. The Houston Rockets have been working him to death because they are trying to get him ready to be their new young Patrick Beverly type player. He can play the one, he can play the two, and he can play defense lockdown. So that's going to be his role because he's on a veteran. He's on a veteran team that doesn't need a rookie to come in and carry a lot of the load. They just need somebody to come in and be complimentary and be good at that role. Now, they've lost a couple shooters, but I think he can help them this year, per se, as a defensive stopper and a a great piece off the bench. Overall, I think the Summer League, I, I really hope from now on, all 30 teams are in Vegas because it's a great format. It's a great situation. And, you know, it gives everybody an opportunity to see each other um, in, in, a, in a very loose setting where everybody can, um, you know, be themselves and be without the stress. Um, free agency is pretty much slowed down. Uh, LeBron's signing was the watershed moment for free agency. Now, there's still a couple of loose ends. Like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Clint Capella and the Rockets. The Rockets have re-signed a couple guys. Like, they gave Gerald Green some money and a couple other guys. But Clint Capella is interesting because, honestly, he's not talented enough to be a standout on another team. But for what Houston does 
you know, rim runner, rim protector, defensive stalwart, uh, an animal on the boards. He, he is what they're looking for. But he's also looking for the shutdown contract. And I think the problem is he doesn't have shutdown contract skills. I mean, on another team, I don't know how effective he would be. He doesn't shoot well. He doesn't dribble well. He doesn't have any low post moves. He is just an energy guy on steroids. <laughs> I mean, he's running the floor. He's grabbing rebounds. He's blocking shots. He's great in the pick and roll for, for lobs. But if you need him to be isolated and make a play on a guy, it's not going to happen. And I think him and his camp, meaning his agents and his entourage, need to take a look in the mirror and understand who Clint Capella is. I think if they do that, he resigns with the Rockets. And if he does resign with the Rockets, they'll be formidable in that NBA West, Western Conference. Um, I'm putting the Lakers in the hunt. Anytime you got the best player in the world, you got a shot. And then you got a young uh, nucleus that is anxious to play with the king. So I figure the first 20 games are going to be a learning curve. Guys getting to know each other. But after that, I expect the, the Lakers to take off. And I expect this to either be a second or third seed. Going into uh, the playoffs, and at some point, they'll probably see Houston, and they're going to see Golden State. And we'll find out real soon how uh, LeBron is going to fare against the top two teams in the West, because he's going to see them quite a bit. It's not like in the Eastern Conference where you play a home-and-home against the Western Conference teams. No, you're going to see these guys five times, four or five, maybe even six times. So you're going to get a dose of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant, probably more than you would want. But I think in the end it helps the Lakers because they were one or two or three teams last year that played well against the Warriors. They match up well against them. And I think some of the uh, additions they made in offseason, like Lance Stevenson and re-signing Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, will come to help. So that's going to close the show out for the day. And as I always do, I always got to talk about my, my canes. It's all about the you, canes for life. Enough said. Till next week, folks. Thanks for tuning in to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week. 